Hi, and welcome to episode 20 of Walk to Work. Woo, we're rolling into the double, double digits. Basically the 20s, yes, look at the numbers tick by. Um, today I would like to talk about the history of folk dancing in Europe. Uh, it's a bit of a pompous title, I guess. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago I was sort of ranting about us saying, using stereotypes of European dance to describe African and Afro-American, Afro-descendant dance, which for one is othering, um, and for two makes little sense seeing as people don't know, uh, just as most people who don't know things about um, African-American dance uh, also don't know much about European dance. Uh, And so that comparison is a little bit uh, strange, yeah. So... um, what do we know about European dance? So that's an, an, an interesting one. Um, if we're talking high society dance, we know a bit. Uh, but um, who writes the history books? The people who are dominant in society. And so that means that uh, rural folk um, um, and uh, uh, poor people, or common people, basically did not write the European history books that we study. Um, or uh, get documented much, uh, so we just don't know that much. And that's uh, in uh, especially uh, folk dances, those that were developed uh, in rural society, we don't really know much about. Uh, I can tell you what we do know, or what I know of what we know, which again is going to be quite limited. Um, it's made simple by the fact that actually relatively few people know one of them is called uh, Yvon Guichet. He wrote a book um, that basically tries to re-establish, hey, here are the things that we do know and here are the things that we don't know uh, about French folk d- dancing specifically. Uh, but uh, some of his claims also apply more widely to European folk dancing. So, back in some... Uh, dating back to some unspecified time, because the further back we ha- go, the less uh, information we have... Um, what people in Europe danced were circle dances. Uh, So everyone's arranged in a circle side by side um, and are singing and dancing at the same time. This is really important because it's a singing and dancing activity. Um, It's a singing and dancing activity that belongs to, uh, I believe, all uh, levels of society. Uh, and my kind of stereotypical division of levels of society is uh, uh, rural classes, uh, peasants, uh, which are basically people who tend land um, and um, uh, livestock, uh, and they don't have jobs, and this is gets important later on. Um, they just have kind of life, uh, and singing and dancing is an integral part of life. Uh, because it's one of the main, not so much pastimes, uh, as uh, artistic expressions. Um, because people don't have jobs, they also don't have sort of downtime. There's maybe uh, some kind of religious concept of a day of rest on Sunday. Um, 
but there isn't uh, there isn't that distinction. Oh, now I'm clocking out and it's my free time to do my hobbies. These people uh, do not have hobbies. And then you have people who do have jobs, but are not nobility, um, uh, probably not landowners, uh, and they live in villages and towns. And you have the beginning of um, the bourgeoisie, where bourg literally comes from the French uh, term bourg for city. Um, or town rather uh, and uh, the organization of society in cities is different um, because of the virtue of people having jobs people getting paid uh, people paying for other goods um, and then because of the uh, opportunity for mobility uh, not necessarily to uh, like nobility but you can earn more or less money you can get jobs with more or less power um, and it's a, it's a different thing uh, yes so at one point I think I believe uh, I understand that everybody uh, dance these dancing in a circle uh, and so the, the features is that you're singing and dancing at the same time um, so you're not well you're not doing both at the same time in parallel you're doing both of them together the activity is not cannot be separated into singing and dancing um, any more than walking can be separated into moving our legs and moving our arms uh, it's the, the the whole activity and it's also a singing and dancing in a circle activity and so this is different than a dancing in some other geographical configuration uh, and this is different from dancing to music and so uh, in non-rural classes we have uh, then also some kind of unspecified time uh, for me uh, I guess it's Renaissance era uh, you have um, the the musicians come uh, you start having dancing to music and you start having uh, dance masters and people who write dances uh, and then you dance dances in a kind of performative way and it's very uh, Western bourgeois uh, in its approach. Um, and it's kind of a sort of uh, Jane Austen Pride and Prejudice dances that you see on telly. Um, yeah, and that, that uh, as far as we know, does not happen in rural society uh, at all. And Gidshire suggests that this is something to do with... Um, not so much conservatism as the organization of society. The dance that we dance reflects the way that we conceive of society as being organized. Um, and society is organized within as a community and not a sort of set of warring factions and personal relationships. Uh, so maybe one way you would say it would be that um, it, it because the society doesn't put personal relationships uh, above community relationships um, having uh, this singing dancing activity become uh, a story that places personal relationships above community relationships would be uh, strange uh, and then European society uh, these circles uh, in rural uh, contexts uh, the history is that the the evolution goes from circle to um, 
open chain, so it's basically just you break the circle and then you have a leader at the front of the circle. Uh, and the leader can then either be someone who has that position in society or can be a position that's given kind of uh, everyone takes uh, a bit of time uh, leading. Uh, and there's some complex dynamics in there that I think we don't know very much about, uh, but that's probably really interesting, like especially if you contrast with, uh, say, Dabka today. Uh, so uh, the dance that you see at, on YouTube videos of Lebanese weddings, uh, and it presumably happens at most Lebanese weddings, uh, the person at the front of the Dabka has um, uh, a lot of... Um, is the person who's showing off. Uh, and it's unclear to what extent it's conceivable for an individual to show off uh, when they're the head of the chain uh, in more European dance. Um, but that's, that's the place that you go to show off. And then the chains get, instead of one open chain, you can break it up more, but you're still arranged around the space in a circle. Um, and you have multiple chains all kind of following each other. And those chains uh, break down um, into units of four or maybe into units of two. And then maybe the units of two have some organization or the units of four have some kind of internal organization happening that um, happens in parallel to the organization in general around the dance floor. Uh, and so we have lots of dances in France where we have attestations of various levels of this evolution. Um, and it tends to, or actually it does, uh, according to Guichère, always go um, from uh, circle to uh, small chain, and smaller chain and ending up in couple. Um, not necessarily through every stage, not necessarily going to the extreme end of one of those stages, um, but uh, not going the other way. You don't see short chains joined together to form long chains. And that ha has something to say about the evolution of how uh, society not conceives itself, but uh, organizes itself. Um, and so there's relatively little, uh, I mean, there's no uh, attested crossover uh, between bourgeois dances uh, and uh, rural dances uh, until the Industrial Revolution. And the Industrial Revolution has a bunch of things happening uh, together. Uh, so one of them is uh, that we know more about it because it's closer history. Uh, the other is that peasants start to move uh, more to cities because there are more jobs related to the Industrial Revolution. Um, and uh, whole areas of Europe become more industrialized and others stay more rural. And so you have a much greater distinction uh, between different areas. Uh, areas. Um, uh, where was I going with this? Uh, yes. Uh, the... The... Um, the Um, at the same time, uh, yes, uh, there's more sort of intermingling between classes and there's more of kind of ambitions of mobility. Uh, and there's also, because there's mobility, there's also nostalgia. Uh, people start to feel 
uh, nostalgic for uh, the good old days. I mean, maybe uh, people have always, back even to the earliest attested examples of history, uh, people have felt nostalgic for the good old days. Uh, but what they do from their nostalgia is also kind of, uh, you have collecting of folk ballads um, and kind of, oh yes, our good old quaint rural ways, uh, we must uh, preserve them. And this preservance is kind of uh, in accordance with the spirit of the time, which is uh, colonialism, uh, which is um, considering that there's civilized people and uncivilized people. So what you're preserving uh, is taking the, 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 the naive good of the uncivilized people and just trying to keep that. Um, and you, you can see that a little bit in the, the, the processes of classical musicians who take uh, folk music and classify it, classificize it, make, make it, um, make it better somehow because they're giving it uh, the accoutrements of civilized music. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into to, to more of that. So basically, we know more, or we think we know more, because we have uh, more evidence. But again, this evidence comes from bourgeois society. It does not come from rural society. Uh, at the same time, we have uh, partner dances. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not very big. I, I, I don't know the history detailed of what we know of folk partner dances. But uh, the, the the general lines is that um, partner dancing starts in Central Europe, sort of current area, uh, Czech Republic, uh, Slovakia, uh, south, southern Germany, Poland, uh, and uh, migrate to uh, the uh, bourgeois classes. And so this is the first time that they've danced dances in some kind of ballroom hold. Uh, and this permeates all throughout Europe and all the way back down into rural society um, at various paces. So some rural society taps it very early and some rural society uh, like Brittany uh, up to the beginning of World War One. Uh, they did not do these belly-to-belly, -belly, as they call them, dances, kof a kof in Breton. Um, or at least they claim they didn't. It's uh, slightly unclear, but basically, the, 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 uh, depending on uh, what state rural society is at and what they're ready to accept, are they ready to not accept as in you should or you shouldn't, but just uh, this is a thing we want to do. Do we want to privilege... Um, uh, relationships between individuals uh, in our in our dances when we uh, get together to dance, uh, and I guess that also depends to what extent uh, getting together to dance is an activity uh, that is considered a dance, uh, which it also wasn't and starts to become considered as such. Uh, and also the uh, set dances, these dances with geography, they start to be adapted as well. Uh, into at least uh, French uh, rural dances. So you see that uh, in Brittany, you see that in central France, you see that in the southwest of France uh, with um, Bourré, Gavotte and Rondeau respectively. Um, and probably with other kinds of dances you see that they take uh, the music and the steps and all these steps have very, uh, and body movements have a very tight uh, relationship with music and they take these same steps and rhythms and ways of moving the body, ways of pulsing, um, and 
add a geographical choreography uh, on top of it. So you stand opposite each other and you exchange place with your partner and those um, or your opposite and do that kind of thing. And that's a, that's a recent innovation uh, in rural uh, society as is um, uh, partner dancing. Both of those don't go back as far as we know earlier than uh, the mid-19th century. Uh, what else happens with the Industrial Revolution? Do I have notes? I have notes. This is actually a kind of exceptional one in that I've tried to record this a couple of times and realized that I spouted too much nonsense and also went on for too long. So I have notes. Um, oh yeah, and then we have also uh, in rural classes uh, the instruments start to come outside of dance and we're no longer dancing and, music, uh, dancing and singing, we're also dancing to music. And this is a pretty different activity. Uh, you have more breath, uh, you're not telling a story together, um, you're, uh, and so you can, uh, especially men, uh, start to innovate a lot and to do crazy things with their legs and have feats of strength and endurance and agility. Um, and that, that's also a relatively new uh, innovation that happens uh, with the arrival of instruments and probably doesn't predate uh, the arrival of in instruments. And so then we go into the 20th century uh, where we see uh, really the tail end of colonialism uh, kind of finishing off rural society. Um, you can see it in uh, how minority languages uh, uh, disappear. I mean, they've been disappearing for ages, at least um, like Cornish, uh, I think, um, mostly had disappeared by the mid-19th century. Um, and then... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and the, the point of this is, again, uh, the, the, the colonialist uh, dominant uh, attitude of uh, the bourgeois classes is, you peasants are uncivilized, uh, we will teach you to speak proper, and we will teach you to act proper, and we will bring civilization to you. Uh, and this would have been, this is made all the more easily that people believe it, like they, they, they believe that they're uh, languages are not proper languages and they see that to get ahead uh, in society, to get ahead economically, they need to teach their kids to speak English or French or one of the, basically to speak a, a proper dominant language and they need to get an education. Um, and so uh, a lot of rural civilization even gets substituted with dominant civilization. They adopt the languages, they adopt the dances, they adopt uh, the cultural practices, uh, because that's what uh, getting ahead means and that's what becoming civilized means. And so some of it is kind of eager economics and some of it is um, the dominance of the rural classes using, uh, of, the, um, of the bourgeois classes using strength. Um, so like all throughout the 20th century, uh, anyone who spoke a minority language in school uh, would get caned and parents were embarrassed to speak minority languages in front of their kids because they got caned for it. Um, or, uh, but that's what they would speak with each other. And so a lot of practices then uh, skip a generation because rural civilization dies, the, the, the role of dance changes. Uh, and changes really interestingly, and interesting dance continues, but it's, it's different dance. Um, I like to think of it as substituted to itself, like you keep some form of the practice, but the practice no longer has the same purpose, no longer has the same goal, because people and society 
uh, are, are organized differently. Uh, and then there's kind of a, um, a conflict for me or a, a tension uh, in that um, bourgeois classes tend to bring uh, ideas of this is how you should do a thing, um, which rural civilization had very differently. Uh, and it wasn't you should do a thing because otherwise you're an, an uneducated, uncouth lout. How do you pronounce uncouth? Uncouth? Anywho. Um, but uh, in rural society you do things because that's how you do things. And it's a very different uh, form of social obligation. Um, so I'm going to cut this episode off here because I record all in one take and I record it through to about 40 minutes worth. Uh, so uh, next episode I'll finish talking about kind of the history uh, of folk dance, uh, how it carries through to, to present day, um, and kind of draw on some of the the salient points, I think the, the, the important points to, to highlight uh, and uh, understand about this history, uh, especially as regards uh, kind of our current practice and our understanding of other um, vernacular dance practices. So I'll see you with that uh, next week, and until then, take care.